push on, push on, push on, push Yo, what's up, Fano? It's your boy Sean Stewart, and I'm here with my brothers Sam Cole. And how are you, bro? All good? All good. And my brother AJ Paul, aka Master Shifu. Gilda versus Gilda. aka Crybaby. Bringing you the spectrum from the House of Flying Daggers. Hey! Ching, ching, ching. <laughs> we'll get to you later on. We'll get to that, bro. Oh, House of Flying Daggers, finally. Yep. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number three. And today, finally, we're going to be talking about something special. Um, it's quite um, personal to particularly one of us, one of us three. Um, talking about 200 games, 200 premier rugby games for Waikiki Rugby Club. Mr. Sam Cole. Yes, very, very proud moment. We're going to be celebrating this week, bro. And uh, how are you feeling, bro? Yeah, it's um, a humbling uh, humbling thought to uh, be celebrating with everyone this weekend and um, having all my friends and family and past people I've played with over, I think it's the last 15 years. So it'd be good to share the good times and some of the old times and some of the tough times. So. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. You spent a few um, few nights on the couch then, brother? Yeah, I've had my fair share <laughs> of dog box moments, so I'm still getting them now, so I think I'll get get them out of the way and I'll knock Prem Rugby on the head this year, my man. That's yeah. all part of it though, isn't it? About the couch, you know, yeah. it comes with the comes with the game, comes with the territory. That's learning, eh? Learning. It does, mate, but um, I decided my wife, she was the one that said she'd never go out with a rugby boy. And I dare say she probably got the worst. <laughs> she, she will tell you straight, honest, hand on heart, she didn't want to end up with a rugby boy. True. Yeah, bro. And then when we laid all the eyes on you, oh, she laid eyes on me, actually. Ah. <laughs> Back in the days, the old smart bar, oh, shout, smart out oh, shout out. Smart Shout out, Phil. Smart bar, my man, old school. But yeah, she she never thought she'd go out with a rugby boy. Well, you you both know me. I'm yeah, she picked out the, the club man of County's Monaco. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Rugby is is a love that uh, we all share, bro. And yeah, she's um, um, shout out. She's been a trooper, so yeah. I'm sure we'll hear a little bit more in the in the potty uh, in this episode, bro, of um, um, how much she's supported you and, and things like that, bro. But um, yeah, so today we're we're just gonna um, we're gonna be interviewing Colsey really, um, and probably just firing a few questions his way um, around uh, reflecting on 200 games for Waikiki. Uh, Prems, which is a huge achievement. How many seasons is that, bro? Uh, what's this? Oh, well, 15, yeah. Yeah. 15 years, 15 seasons. Yeah. Shit, um, bro, yeah. That's, a, that's a mahi of an Yeah, yeah. So um, this episode is, is, is going to be touching straight on that and um, probably drawing a few things out. So uh, without further ado, let's let's start. Diving into some questions, bro, and uh, Mr. Golden Nugget Man over there, um, you you pipe up when you're ready, bro, with your uh, with your Golden Nuggets. Actually, we've had some really good um, feedback. I know about that's probably one of the um, the most common parts of feedback that we've we've had, <laughs> and the and the funniest feedback uh, from our first two episodes are the Golden Nuggets coming from uh, Master Shifu over there. Everybody wants a nugget. Everyone wants a nugget, so... Um, all in good time, bro. All in good Ooh, time. You better start bringing the 12-piece combo, mate. <laughs> yeah. 
Fries, fries and shake with that too. Barbecue sauce, not sweet oh. and sour, brother. Jeez. Man, that's how it goes down in our house, bro. Really? I thought you were just being a dog of mayo here in the. Oh, yeah. Uh, definitely, I'm, I'm accustomed to the barbecue sauce now, bro. But, yeah. Um, all right, bro. Um, I'm going to dive into a couple of couple of questions. Uh, we're going to hit you with the, with the with the tough ones first, bro. Um, so in your in your 15 seasons with Waikiki Rugby, bro. Name your top three most influential people in Waikiki rugby, and why? Doesn't have to be three, but oh, like there's a lot of people. I guess sorry, I'll get to the question, but uh, oh, the answer, sorry, but there's been so many people. Like as you'd expect over 15 years, there's been a lot of people that have uh, influenced my life off the field and on the field, which has been good about the club. And now, uh, like I said, I can't thank you enough, but probably. Brutally honest, it'll be our oh, Buff Henson. Everybody knows uh, Buff. He's a county's legend and a Warwick legend. Legend. I just think um, why he was influential for me was he taught me as a sort of rough product coming from down from Bombay. He taught me discipline, um, like a sort of semi-professional attitude. Like you got to take your your game but from like Tuesday onwards you know like it was training Thursday training and then you had your prep Friday Saturday and then you show up the game and you had to get that right to be able to perform um, on a Saturday to be able to earn your spot yeah and um, he taught me a lot of that and um, well the other thing that's um, is it was good about Buff was he he's an awesome leader man like probably he would command to get like command respect just by the way he spoke to people he treated people but you, you couldn't doubt him because his, his rugby knowledge is pedigree, you know? Yeah. And he'd, he'd been there, done that, so you sort of had, and you you wanted to follow the man because he, he just, he just oozed it. He just oozed mana, respect. Yeah. Did you want to follow him because, just because of like uh, the things that he'd achieved and, and rugby and playing with the Steelers for so long and, and um, playing at Woku for, for a while? Um, or was it because, you know, did he, you know, did he back it up with actions or, you know, how, how did he show that? I think, and yeah, he, like, best help going around at the time, obviously, and his actions spoke louder than words, but it was more the respect he had for for us fellas who weren't exactly at his level. He'd sort of bring himself down and be able to, cut, like, put his point across. Yeah, yeah. So you'd be like, oh, well, he's keen to just, you know, support me here, so I'm going to back this fella 100 and... Yeah, man, he's been probably responsible for why rugby and Waikiki's been so successful. Yeah. Over the few years, or the few three championships they won in 2000, 2003, and 2010, I think it was. So. Yeah, yeah. Nah. Um, second, I'll probably go with a pair. They were our coach, my coaches in 2000, 2010. Be um, John Bell and Peter Somerville, Sammy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, um, Awesome cultural, culture, culture-driven coaches, but also hard-nosed approach to spade was a spade. Like if you had been a fuckwit, you had been lazy. They'll tell you, there's no, oh no, just put you on the bench and don't explain. If you were playing up, they'll tell you you're playing up. Yeah. Right, you're on the bench. They had no problem. You put you straight to the bench. Yeah. And you knew, so it, and they bred um, competition at trainings, so it was full contact. It's like there's no holes barred. I reckon some Tuesdays we didn't even touch a ball. We just like we lost. If we lost the game, bro, get on the corner. Henny Mullers, Sids, 
Old school style, isn't yeah, it? bro. Like you wouldn't touch a ball, and like he'd be like, if you did passing waves, he'd be like, how many balls you drop? You drop two, and he'd be like, I saw ten. Get yeah. on the corner, and you just run it. But you had that much respect, you didn't argue about it. You just and um, were there people that fell out? Like, like were there players that didn't agree or didn't like the way that they coached, or, or did you have a whole buy-in? Oh, there would have been, but the buy-in, everybody wanted to be a part of that team because of the culture that was involved. Yeah. So they, there would have been grumbling, grumbling. Easily, easily, but I've just been like, ah. you guys, you guys took it up that year too, didn't you? Yeah, two thousand ten, and they were just like if they'd look after, like if you deserved, like they would look after us, like oh, you know, I'll bring up some stories later, like like go barbecues after training, or they take you to the pub on set day bus trips, and they'd shout it all, yeah, out of their own pockets, bro, and that's the sort of fellas they were. If you worked hard, you get the rewards, yeah, and that's what was bred in that culture. Which was really good. Work hard, play hard, Avery. And yeah. and um, old JB JB went on to have a pretty successful representative um, sort of coaching career after or during that with, yeah, with the bees, counties bees. Yeah, he took the bees from like mediocre to the top. Probably hard on him not getting the Steelers job, really, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they, those two were. I could go on, but like I'll share some stories later on about the old antics we used to get up to, but. There's something special about um, people, you know, like how you were saying they were, they were straight up and they were called spade a spade, and you know sometimes hard nosed. Would you say? Yeah, should but, be. But there's something special in like not everyone can be hard nosed and get the same reaction from people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what? 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 what was it? Was there something in particular? Were they? You know. Were, I think. They, I think it was the honesty. Like, you can get coaches that are just hard nosed. With or without, and you know when it's not needed. Yeah. But these guys would be hard nosed when we needed it, and they knew when to turn it on and sort of back off. And Buff was a big thing too, because he was a big director in that team too. Like he'd be like, the coaches would get him, and they're like, "Oh, we're going to do this," and it would sort of be player driven, which yeah. was really cool. Especially as a young fellow, man, you just needed to follow, do your job, do it well, and everything was good. Yeah. I remember playing playing you guys. You know. Uh, obviously Waikoku and particularly around that those years and I was playing for Bombay and I just remember as a loose forward I would you know we just knew that the, there was going to be a wave of forwards coming around <laughs> the, the ruck and you know like you know that you're getting set right next to the ruck and then you can just see this wave coming around and then the wave just keeps going for the full 80 minutes slow action just to kill it flow a full 80 minutes and you just, you know they're just picking picking holes at you oh, and that's and that's what that's uh, something that was him like he wasn't the most technical coach but he would just want us to grind teams out like I don't give a you know he'd, he'd F's and B's he, I wouldn't give a fuck get around that corner don't be lazy you make these cunts work yeah and that's and that's what you're saying bro. we would just go same way same way same way till we got to one sideline same way same way all the way back it was pretty basic but yeah. it worked yeah, yeah. And we ran Hingy Mullins every Tuesday, so we were fit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so they were good, bro. But uh, third, probably, I don't know if you know him, Chris Bean? I know all of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a school teacher at yeah. Wesley College. At Wesley College, he's a principal, and I think he was head of rugby out there, too. He came out in 2000, might have been 12, 13, maybe 14. Oh, he did a couple of years out there. He was he was a different coach again, bro. He was technical, calculated. Um Really, really organised. I'm not saying the other other coaches weren't organised, but he was just he had everything mapped out. He had everything planned for a player for just to come in. This is what we're doing. Trainings were mapped out. Your starting lineup was mapped out with your minutes you're gonna play. Like 
with, yep. with and without. And he just knew how to bring the best out of players. Like we had a quite a youngish team there, like some of the old dogs, like Buff and them had moved on, and we were starting to rebuild. We just had a um, quite a young team, to be honest. I think I was beginning to be one of the old dogs. Yeah. And um, yeah, he just knew how to get the best out of people, and he was just um, he. He'd set you up with the skills you needed. It was whether you took it on board, yeah, and you applied them, yeah, and it was really good to. It was another. That's when rugby sort of changed to quite a technical game, like with game plans, like you know, you one, two, three, ones, you two, four, twos, and stuff like that. And that's when that sort of started coming in. He was really up to date, and he'd been New Zealand school selector, I think, or something like that. So, yeah, we got to gain a bit of knowledge with him too. But he's a really good chap too, man. Down to earth. He wasn't as brash and. I could say confronting as some of them, but he was, he would tell you, yeah, you're not performing, not that, yeah, you're not fucking doing right. He'd just be, he'd word it different, yeah, and that and that reacted with some of the boys, which was good. And he, yeah, like I said, he gets the best out of, he got the best out of our team that year. We fell short at the last in the semi, but yeah, it was a really good fucking game. Yeah, that was. Uh, it sounds like a real like school teacher approach to things when you, you know, yeah, bro. It's, it's calculate, you know, it sounds like he was very calculated. It's exactly what it was, bro, it was <clears> like <throat> a classroom, bro, like when you come into training, everything was just mapped out, like your, your schoolwork was on the board, Yeah. you know, your RPE, here's what you're doing, so, yeah, yeah bro. What are the, what are some of the things that you've, you've taken away from, from each of those people into your own life, sort of, um, you know, what, 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 what have you taken away from them in, their, in terms of their leadership style and and implement it into your life or your personality and things like that? Um, probably just, I know a spade is a spade, you know, but just being upfront and honest. And that, that was some he's sort of, it was a big thing. If they know what you're thinking and how you're feeling, then you've got nothing to hide. Yeah. They either take it or they don't, you know, they either like it or you don't. And that was him with um, Beanie was um, be organised and then everything else falls into place. Yeah. So as long as you've got every little detail right at the start and everything else flows on if you start missing steps then you get you start missing yeah yeah so yeah and both yeah he was just work hard man do your job yeah work hard yeah yeah so it's, it's quite um sort of three different ways to to skin a cat sort of thing yeah bro there's like that spectrum bro there's, there's they fit different different places on the spectrum and um uh, over the years, it's good because I'm still using things now from each of them. So yeah, did you ever have any run-ins with them? Um, oh, I had a couple with Sammy, but I think I was just being a little pricked in. Yeah, I was just probably just falling a little, getting a little bit lazy in somebody, and he'd just let you know, man. Like even our other boys, like there was, there was one. Um, oh, I did a little halfback. I think it was Heine. I think it was him. He did something like he did Sammy shocking and Sammy. If you do that again, I'm gonna come on in. I'm gonna fuck you up the ass. <laughs> that sort of, you know. And it was like, and like he did, like, and he did not mix his words, bro. So it, oh, it was just he didn't care when, where. That was just him, bro. Yeah, yeah. Take him at face value. If he didn't like it, well, he didn't really care. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he was really good, man. It's that. Um, it's 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 cool to be brutally honest, and it's good to be brutally honest. But you've got to have that relationship, I guess, with. Um, with people as well, so that, so you know they're going to respond to it. I think it's a bit like what AJ yeah, said in an earlier, earlier potty is that um, you know adjusting. You were talking about adjusting eh? your approach to people. 
some people like to be nurtured. Yeah, just knowing your crowd, knowing who you can, and they talk to you like that, and you know, approach people. Yeah. I guess you know, taking those three different approaches, you learn so much, and you take it into that, and take it into today's era. You know, such a struggle for you, cause you know you're trying to. You know, you want to try and give back all, over the years, you know, what these coaches, you want to try and bring back, as you you know, and I've seen the face value watching you, bro. You know, it's just like, well, you know, you want to try and teach everybody what you've learned, but, you know, you just see yeah. it differently. I try to teach or pass on because I know it's worked for me in the past. Yeah. Well, I know where I've come from and I know that it's been successful and that's, and then, you could, but you can need to nowadays. I suppose you need to, like the bro AJ was saying, like you've got to be able to adjust and use a different type of um, temperament, I guess. Yeah. To I be start able to chucking notes around that some people leave. <laughs> <leaving. laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's the thing. Like, yeah. Like, and that was the other thing about Bello and them. They they breed culture. Like there was no, no one was getting paid, or you're not paid players, so you're here for the love of the team. You know. Yeah. It was it was really good to be a part of. Yeah, yeah. I guess when you see the, um, coaches like that put so much effort into the boys, like pulling money out of their own pockets to, you know, the after you guys, you know, surely that makes you like, you know what, these fellas are good cunts, like, we're going to work hard, we're going to play hard, and we're going to, you know, and make it, you know. And that's exactly what it was, like you said before, we work hard for them, and they'll look after us, they'll repay us, you know, even if it was co-curricular activities or whatever, <laughs> so, you know, it was just, it's a... It's a to or fro, like, it's a given, it's a take. So, um, yeah, and no, that was big respect. It's just pretty much what we were saying here is respect, man. Yeah, yeah. And, like, they respected us in a way that they respected us to do our job as players. And we would um, fulfill that role and they'd respect us by looking after us elsewhere. Sammy, Sammy still checks on me to this day, bro. Yeah, yeah. Bellows still checks on me. He's like, get lazy, you know. Oh, how you doing, mate? How's the rugby game footing, you know? How That's far? when you've been part of a great team, eh? Like you just, you know, you, you cannot see each other. You know, it's that same old sort of saying. You you don't have to see someone every day or every week, but when you see them, you know, like you just instantly know who they are. Um, and sort of, you know, they follow with follow up and things like that. I mean, yeah, and it's like exactly how it was when they were still coaching. You know, like they treat you the same, exactly the same, regardless. Like you could have done something during the time you hadn't seen them, but to them, you're still the same person. Yeah. And they still respect you the same, so. Yeah. Even Buff, I still get up with Buff. Like he's he's still awesome, camp man, and got plenty of time for him. I haven't seen Beanie for a little bit, but I'm sure he's the same. He'll be, oh, you know, how's your footy, you know, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, those those are the three that have probably influenced me the most, anyway. Oh, those four, sorry. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, what else we got here? We got uh, we're gonna name your most memorable game for Waikou. And um. Yeah, what makes it the most memorable game? Uh, probably two ten. I think it might have been oh against Karaka at Karaka. Bro, like the Karaka team back then was was stacked. They like um, what's it, Ray Lilo and who else was out there? Charlie Peter, I think he was there. Augustine. I think, yeah, Augie might have been there. Baden Kerr was still around. Um, yeah, man, they had um, 
pretty stacked team, like massive too, just a like a big team. Like I was, I seen. They had, a big, they had a big prop eight. Oh, uh, what was his name? Wingy Antonio. He's playing for France now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is, and I'll get to it soon. This is why it was one of the most memorable games. And it wasn't even because of me playing in there. There's just so many things that went on. But they were just massive, bro. Like, their locks. I was playing lock at the time. They just looked to me like a little girl, bro. <laughs> but we, as you know, we just had a nuggety little foot forward pack. And I think it was memorable because we were down quite a fair bit coming in the second half. And we had a pretty good pack at the time, and, and Buff was like, right, boys, we got down to deal. I think it was like 22. He's like, boys, we're going to camp here. And we were just like, he's like, locks, give me something. We were just fucking push, man. Yeah. I think we ended up getting about three pushovers. And this is the mental note I've been taking out. There's, there's an old boy out there. He's still playing now. He's come back. Mark Muir. Ah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark Muir's come back. Shout out to the bro. He must be fucking pushing 50. <laughs> but um, Wingy Antonio, he was what, hundred, what, one forty at least. One forty kilos. He was taller than all their locks. He looked down on old man Mark Muir and he goes, "Fuck, I'm gonna break this old man." And this is when we were camped in the twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. And Mark said nothing, bro, and he just went. And I was locking behind him, and I was thinking, "Fuck, look at this massive count." Mark said nothing, just went back into his his technique, bro. Same thing. Same time, time again, bro. All I heard was that big man just <laughs> just making those sounds, and I'm like, "Yeah, boy, yeah, bro." We got yeah, push three pushover tries, and yep. I just what I take out of their game is just our yeah, the mental toughness of our team to not panic, and that's what Buff was good at, bro. Was not panicking. Yeah, so like, right, boys, I'm just gonna <clears throat> camp here, grind it out, grind it out. And like I see we got three pushover tries scrum wise. Like we went from twenty two and we just kept marching, marching and marching, st- stood it up, re scrummaged. Yeah. And then we're going to shake hands and I'm sitting in behind Mark shake, going to shake hands. And the big fella comes in, he goes, Oh, great Cambry. Um, you'd be able to give me some tips on scrummaging. Now he's playing for France. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he would have just come out of school too that year too, wouldn't he? Or yeah, I'm sure he was he's still a he's still a young fella. But that that's Mark said nothing. He goes, yeah. And Mark was going to say, yeah, yeah, we can have a chat. Blah, blah, blah. So. Yeah. And that that's, for me, mental toughness, like taking away from those old boys. And this is that's the influence they had on us. And that's part of the reason why I'm still going. So he was, like, Mark Buff. It was Mark Buff. And another time it was Simon Lamalu. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just like... That's a, that's a dream front row. And then you're bringing on... Maka Tatafu had gone a proper time as backup. But that front row right there is says it all. Like not the biggest, but those three right there could outscrum just about anybody. Yeah, bro. Yeah. It was like any <coughs> if you got the three old boys like that up in front and you know he's like and that's so what the old cut all used to see. Ah, oh, look at the locks going for a free ride, just hanging up for a free ride. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> <laughs> is it while the bro's still sitting on the bench? Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. needles there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that, yeah. I mean, I sort of listened to that and, and um, relating it f- sort of personally for me, it's, um, it's something that I get caught up in is, you know, and probably even in my own rugby career is I did start to compare myself to other people and, and in life now, you know, it's like comparing when I'm scrolling through things, I compare. And, you know, like Wingy, obviously, you know, he looked at this old fella 
half his size um, and thought, all right, I'm going to, you know, I'll crush this old, this old man. Yeah. And um, next minute you get put in your place because, you know, what, what you see is not actually, you know. What you're going to get. Or what you're going to get or what reality is. And that's what I love about stories like that. Um, and and I, I, I don't know when you hard out, but, but I, you know, I used to play a little bit with him um, through counties. And, and I, that, that's another cool thing that a young man can sort of turn around. And that's another thing that I pick out of that and say, you know, be a smart ass, but then get owned and then turn around and say, Exactly, but like learn from the best, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You thought you were the best, but then you got, you just figured out, oh, there's someone out there that I'm about to learn off, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing when I was locking behind Mark, like I just, I looked at him, like, you know, and you just, you gotta, you gotta put your head in the dark spot and you're like, he hasn't even said anything. It's just <laughs> same face, bro, same face, same thing you're in, just being down the scrum, didn't say anything and just put the work in, bro. And yeah. It's a testament to a, a, just a mental, it's a mentality, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. Even to today, yeah, it's got the same face. I never played on the team, bro, but I played against you fellas, and yeah. Yeah, bro. Is he? Just that mental, just that. Yeah. He just knows when to turn it on, bro. Like, oh, it's scrum time. Bang. Yeah. That was him. It's bread and butter for the bro. It was, um, I, I remember throwing a few barbs, daggers, uh, the, you know, when I was hanging on the side of the. Side of the scrum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Playing for Bombay, I'd uh, throw a few daggers at, at the front row. Oh, and then... <laughs> Not that. It's going to be a long day over here, brother. It's going to be a long day. Nick Miller. Is there a word that Mark's still playing? Is he still playing? Bro, he's... He come back maybe three weeks ago, bro. He's had a couple of games now. How many games has he played? Oh, he's... What? Must be... 280 or 250 uh, is that right yeah he's right up there he's he's had a few wow he's had a few few um nights on yeah, the couch he's, as well he's, he's, he's probably still doing the dog box on Marky. <laughs> yeah but there's like i think um i'll be might be the officially on the board but they i'm counting but there's so many old boys out there that play heaps of rugby yeah i think i might, I might be like the fifth you know mark joe cutter um, Colin Mariner and Buff, I think. Yeah. But there's like Jim Coe in there that I think the records didn't start till a certain date. Oh, yeah. The end, and you got Alan Dawson. Yeah. Probably John Kennedy's probably played a few as well, so. Yeah. Is the, Dawson's played the most counties games? Yeah, bro. I think he's, he's the most kept double counties. Double centurion for counties too, so tough. he's probably well tough. over that for club. Tough. It's tough, all right. He spent his whole life in the dog box. He's still a good man today, old Dorsey. <clears throat> Comes in and uh, we had duck dinner last night. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Seen that, I was like, ooh. Yeah, bro, and they're still doing it. It's been going 35 years, and that's a culture thing for Woke, and I was trying to get the yeah, young boys to sort of really buy in. Yeah. That's I think Maddie Nicker still holds the record, isn't it, for the most ducks eaten? Oh, <clears> no, I think it's... Nah, that's a... There was a, oh, there's a bit of discrepancy there. <laughs> I was, when I first come over, it was like, there was a record. I was like, no, apparently he only ate the uh, the breast and the uh, the legs didn't <laughs> like. I think Joe Cutter's actually got it, right? Joe's got eight, I think. And the bones. But that's bones yeah. clean. Like white. <laughs> so, yeah, bro, that'd be the, the game for me, just what what I could take out of it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, nice. And what was the best Waikiki team you've been part of and, and what made it the best? Again, two ten, just good mix of fellas like young and old. You had the experience of buffing the brigade, like Joe Cutter, 
market stuff in Marky. And then you had uh, your young boys. I think I, I wasn't quite the youngest, but there was like Willie Hippie and them. They were coming through. Ronald Raymakers, who was, was a, ended up being Steelers legend. He was a machine, bro. He's a freak, bro. He was a, he was a, like a, um, just physically. Yeah, just and he's just genetically gifted too. Yeah. But he he was a mahi dog, bro, and fuck, good to play a guy beside a guy like that too. And, he yeah. sounded like a real farmer, though. He didn't oh, sound bro. like he had too much upstairs. Oh. 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 <laughs> Sorry, I'm a mater. Sorry, BC. But yeah, like... He was a freak. Like, he'd, exactly, he'd tell him what to do, bro, and he'd just do his dandest just to do it, you know, just to fulfil the role. And Yeah, bro, he was a hard cunt. Yeah. He was a hard cunt. Yeah. Um, yeah, that team was good, and then you had some... Um, Baitamori who just steered the boys around was just clutch. His goal-kicking just... Wasn't the biggest ball runner, but fuck, he'd lead you around the park. Just he knew what to do. Just decision making was on point. Kicking, yeah. passing, he just knew when to give. Yeah, yeah. He'd organise. He'd just make your job easy as a football inside me, come outside me, and that's what it took. Yeah. And then we had some pretty classy finishes, and um, Hippy got fucking MVP that year, I think, his first year or something like that. Yeah, two ten was good, and the culture, bro. Like again with Sammy and Bello at the helm. Just buying, man. Culture was good. Just like, we used to run around in a mob, like, even after the game, it was like a group of 15, bro. Like, yeah. you want a team to stay together, that was us. We would just migrate to people's houses, to parties, <laughs> smapper, jump in a taxi, and we'd just all go together. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm. With, um, with the sort of the, the, the players that you had, do you think that um, if you had different coaches, you would get still get the same result? Um,. Yes, no. I think, like I said, Buff was a lot to do with it. Yeah. But if you don't have someone on the sidelines still keeping a, the straight and narrow, then um, we were quite a, a wild bunch too. Because, like I said, there was a big mix of like, there's some crazy fellas in there too. Some crazy fellas. <laughs> and then, like, you had some of them to keep them all in check, and it was good. But uh, yeah, I think you might have lost a little bit of discipline because, like I said, Spade is a paper that call you out on stuff. Yeah. If you had a different coach who sort of like, oh, I might get overwhelmed by it all, like just us playing up or whatever. Yeah. He might just moan about it but not pull us up for it. So. That accountability, eh? Yeah, bro. And that's and we knew like if we'd hear a grumble from somewhere like, fuck, we're going to get it now. Shit, going to pull my fucking head in. And then that's, that was respect as well. So. Fuck, everybody would be too scared to make a noise with um those Buff and Mark around. Yeah, well, that, and that's the other thing we knew if... If Sammy wasn't going to give it to us, or Bello, we were going to get it from the big dogs, or Joe, or Joe wouldn't do much. He'd just look at you, and when you look at, he looks at you like, oh, Maka would get up, yeah. Maka how, would, how does Maka get up to you? Because he's, so, for those that are listening, Maka is is probably what, at, at, at his propping weight, maybe 120? Yeah. 115? But this, this big Tongan horse looking guy tank <laughs> yeah and then he's the guy that you don't want to be running in or around um so but but he's got he's so softly spoken or would would he bro he'd call yeah like like if buff you got managed to get past buff or you know like they were like buff's lieutenants oh yeah yeah so like the bailiffs yeah pretty much bro <laughs> pretty much cordy's was even worse bro <laughs> So like yeah, like he if you see something that he, like it would take heaps to wind the, the two Tongan boys up like Joe and Maka. Yeah. But if it really annoyed them and it carried on, fuck man, Maka would just 
smash something or swear and then you would yell and then everyone would be like yeah. dead quiet bro and then you knew something was really going on and that was good man because we knew fucking bit of fallback on the line yeah yeah he let, let us play up a little bit because he used to think it was a laugh but in the end of the day we had work to do bro he was another mahi dog bro like he was one fella you love to have on your team G yeah good hurt just run and carry about four dudes you know so so, so accountability was a big thing for for your success yeah like everyone knew like end of the day we had all we all had roles to fulfill and if one of the sort of cogs was not working then the machine didn't go yeah yeah so like we had a fair share of good times and there's I think we had, might have had a couple of losses but then we we got that run out of us on a Tuesday so <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, so um, so that's exactly what I did. Um, this is a bit of a side story. So that's what we were talking about. Um, oh my my baby, <laughs> Tangi Weto over there, or AJ's uh, been having a tangi at me this week because I've, I've been calling. Um, I called him out in, in the private chat that we have, and um, and uh, I haven't heard from you for a couple of days, eh, bro? See, I told you, man. That's what success is about. You just got to hold each other accountable. What it's, about, it's about picking and choosing times, bro. <laughs> Pick and choose your battles, mate. Hey, the, the listeners want to know, bro. The listeners want to know. Sorry, fine. I've been stuck between this all day while I've been doing concrete, so uh, bear with us. The rose between two thorns, you reckon? Easily. <laughs> accountability, yes. Yeah, so yeah. accountability, bro. You know, but we don't don't worry, fine. We're we're all made up. We're um, kissed and hugged and. Um, Thanks I think AJ's just waiting for his apology that I haven't given you. Thanks, fuck for that. <laughs> I'm more of a face-to-face guy. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I'm not so much oh, the cyber, the cyber uh, bullying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, but that's that's lovely, bro. That's uh, you know. Um, but going back to your, you know, the parts that I take out of what you've just said around the most successful teams, um, I, or the team that you've been part of, that's played a big role. You had great leadership. That people respected. Um, respect seems to be something that we keep talking about. Even you know, in our third episode, it's still you know. I think that's probably going to be something that that goes through. And um, I, those things are really hard. What what I'm really interested in, and I know that we can't cover it just in one conversation, but I I just I love to understand how people like uh, Maka and Buff have generated that, that respect, you know. Did you have any new guys on the team? And Yeah, there, was, just... there was plenty, man. Like, But I guess they would probably see how we... Oh, I wouldn't be in there, what's that? Three, four years by then? Yeah. Maybe, I think. Three, I think. And they would just probably see, all right, the other boys are falling into line. Yeah. Let's see what, what the go is. And, and it was good because they came in and they sort of fit into the mould pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who are the people you couldn't have done this without? What does it mean to you and what does it mean to them for your 200, bro? Shit, I was going to say the physios. <laughs> They've done a few bit of work for you, have they? Yeah, mate, especially <laughs> the old Jess Beard this year. Jesus, she helped me with um, my pec rehab after I tore it off the bones. Eh? Oh, that's right, yeah, you, you were... F- yeah, off shout out to Jess, Jess Gadsden, I think it is now. I, Beard was her maiden name, so... Yep. Yep, shout out to her. Nah, she's... she's all jokes aside, she was um, um, instrumental in getting me back. There was a couple that was quite touch and go, to be honest, but she says, no, 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 we'll get you back for your 200, we'll get it done. Yeah, nice. But other than that, um, probably my mum and dad, bro. 
Yeah, my biggest um biggest fans, but even further back would be my um my Kuru. He's not with us anymore. But um yeah, even from a young age just taking me to footy, buying my rugby boots. And then he um when I went made the decision to go to Waikou, he asked me why. I said, Oh, I wanted to play um like uh, the top four top rugby, I wanted to have a crack at a team where the culture was good. The team was had already sort of cemented players. Yeah. I wanted to see if I could test myself and have a crack. Yeah. So yeah, be my family, bro. The biggest drivers. Um. My wife, especially in the last, we've been together ten years. She's still going rugby too. At the moment, she's been dog boxing me quite a bit. <laughs> but she's here because of trucker life. So nah, it'd be my wife, my mum and dad. Any of my family, like my nephews and stuff, they come out regardless if they want to watch or just come out and play. It's just good to see them around. Um, yeah, the old man is probably, and the old lady's work ethic, and what they've instilled in me is that never, it's never over till your mahi's finished. Yeah. And when your mahi's finished, then you can call it a day. So they instilled that, and the old man's probably part of the reason why I'm, my body's fucked. You'll be right, boy. Get up. <laughs> Shake it off. The old school alpha mentality, eh, AJ? Okay. Yeah, bro. He's, you yeah. know what he's like. All right. AJ's been um, coached by me old man, too. So he's a product of uh, plenty of injuries from me old man. No, you'll be right. Shake it off, boy. Come here. Put a water on it like it was magic water or something. <laughs> you know the old magic water. So, yeah, no, I got... Um, they, they, even when I was at work and I was missing a few games, they would still go to rugby and watch. Which yep. the boys say. They just threw and through for the club, for the boys, regardless. They take, they call anyone their their son or whatever like that. You know, just um, everyone's family to them. Yeah. And for me, that's made made the love of the game for me even more because I know it's not just me. I think it's them as well. Yeah. So, yeah, they've been big drivers. Oh, you definitely know if you definitely know if they don't they don't like you or you're not wanting. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. You know. But yeah, they are definitely huge supporters, you know. They would have to be, you know. You know, such proud parents and, you know, having a son, you know, fuck man, it's just Yeah. You know, it's gotta be amazing, you know. Well the good thing is that they respect <clears throat> like even my mates, regardless of what rugby or what team we're playing in. Like we could have played Maldives together, then we're playing different clubs. But to them, it is what it is. They are what they are. They play for who they play. But at the end of the day, you know, you're still brothers. You're still mates. So yeah. Yeah, and they just treat everyone the same. I remember um, coming out for your hundred fiftieth out at Waikiki. Was it out at Waikiki? Your one fifty. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think I brought. Um, it was one of the games where I brought Halo out, and then, uh, so I went up to your mum and dad as, as always. You know, like go up and how do you do? Yeah, give him a kiss and a hug and and all that and uh, introduce him to Harlow and then straight away, mum, your mum, where's that girl's jacket? <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna be cold. It goes out wide because it's quite open, eh? Yeah. And it's, <laughs> and it's quite cold. Windy. And of course, you turn up and just no shoes, no socks. <laughs> oh. I just wanted to get out to the game, man. You know, and Harlow must have been one or two. Oh, I don't know how old she was, but yeah, my mum always keeps it real, eh? and, and but and that. That's what you're saying is like she just she always cares about you know um and she shows love and you i respect that you know i think anyone respects that oh and, uh, and that's that's all she does like if 
you show her respect that she's willing to give all, you know? Yeah. Like, you both know her, she'll do whatever you ask us, you know? She'll be like, oh, mama, can I? And she'd be happy to do it for the people that she that respects. Like, mutual respect, you know? Yeah. And, and, you, and you see that after the, after the games, like, the ones that show their mutual respect, the first thing you do, you don't go to the bar, you hurriedly mum. Yeah. Straight away, and if you don't, you get that look. You know, you, you, know, you go to the bar, but you know it's like something. You know, you, oh, I'll, I'll be back. I'll give my There's a bit of heat mum. on your neck, on the back of your neck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Two things poking oh, you in the back of the head. If you walk in there, you see mum, you learn how to do Oh, well, you, you just feel the burn in the back of your head, bro. He's like, that's the first thing. And it's just respect, bro. Yeah. You know, I, you know, if not, if I didn't do it, so I'm going to slip on the bloody ears. Yeah, and that's, and for you, they should slap both of too. And that's just the respecting, like, it's just showing love. Yeah. And so she shows her love because, you know, she's so supportive of everything we all do. And I'd like, and if we're taking anything out of it, just, she's one of the hardest working people I know. Yeah. And I try. Even my dad, my dad's a hard working cunt too. And I take my head off to both of them, like, they've done so much for me and my siblings and stuff that she... But for me in rugby, like they're always there. My mum's the biggest critic, but biggest fan too. The old man's the same. Come with me. I could have scored two tries already. My old man was like, hey, you're all right, boy, you played all right. Yeah. You know, my old lady would say, oh, bit off today, son. You know? Yeah. Wouldn't be all oh, your fucking shit, but you <laughs> should uh, she'd let you know that you're a little bit, you know? So. Yeah. You take that on the chin, but because I know, I know it comes from my heart. So, comes from a good place, eh? Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. And like she'd tell this fella too, AJ. She'd tell him too. She's just say, hey, look at Jesus. Don't <laughs> shake the head. Like you know, oh, you you rather get told, but you play like shit. But when mum say, oh, but off today or what's what's what happened today? You just, you just like. That hits harder. <laughs> like your comment, bro. Hey, Sean. You know hey. some of your comments you oh, make, Sean? Uh, you're used well, to that, um, that comment after the game, eh, <laughs> <hey>, bro? <laughs> oh. Oh. But like everyone says, if you can take something out of it, what do you take out? And that's them as work ethic, man. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, like I said, I haven't been the flashiest <clears throat> player or the rep player or, you know, have made Steelers or anything like that, but I just pride myself on just working hard and just grinding out, man. Even if it is still stuck in first gear. Yeah. Like, it's just never give up, just... What's some of your, um, having played 200 Prems games, what's some of your, you know, what advice do you give to, to young players that are, that are wanting to play either pathway to the top, All Blacks, um, or even just, you know, play good footy? What, what's, from your experience, what does it take? I like I said I I, I didn't make it to higher honours but I just think if you're a, if you can be a good club man like start at the bottom and earn respect that way before you even start hitting your reps and stuff like that and still wanting because then you'll always come back that's why both of them were good at it man and that's why they, I think that's why they gained a lot of respect is because they were well known in the fucking NPC arena and the reps and higher honours and stuff like that, but they still they still came back and gave back to the club and um they were good club men. Yeah. So and it's like it just worked it's show respect when it's it's given to you and yep. then you can give it back. Yeah, yeah. You know? And then work hard like yeah, like I like I like I said, well, nowadays I'm not as fit or strong as what I used to be, but just working hard. Yeah. Regardless, you know. 
you work within what capacity you can work to like your body might be at full max yeah but if your mind's like i was telling you earlier today bro there's another one for you if your mind's willing to go the body will follow it anyway you know yeah and that's that's what i pride myself on like oh, i could be ba- i'm banged up now i could be banged up i've had so many injuries during games but i've just gone oh fuck it yeah just block it out for a bit and then the mind will just take the body there, you know yeah get the job done so what about um so what, what about and this is probably um personal for me because I, I sort of did it as well is so you got a young fellow or, or young people in your in your team and they're you know they're getting splinters in the ass they're collecting pine needles in the, in the butt from sitting, sitting on the bench mm. and they feel that they should be starting or, or they're better than what they've been put in what um what sort of things are you what advice are you giving to them so that they can um achieve you know they can get to what they want to to get starting yeah well, like i was i was when i went to waikou first up like my first year i was sitting behind some rep players like there was um john kennedy jr there there was there's a couple of other players that were ahead of me and i i didn't moan i knew i had i had to work there might have been a couple of grumbles you know where i'm like oh you know when i'm gonna get a game you know bro, we were, uh, ramon Lindsay's team? yeah ramon Lindsay was there i think but um there was some there were some class players out there, man, and also sort of, and that's why I wanted to go there is just to test myself. Yeah. And to play some um competitive footy. Not saying that Bombay wasn't competitive, but I think there was a split at that time, bottom four. Yeah. And I just wanted to play the top tier and I thought oh we only had a couple of bros we had a couple of bros at Oiku, Tony Kill and them and I just took myself out there to have a crack. But they had you had so many good players there and I just if I was a young kid coming out to a team like that again it would be just to learn. Yeah. Like if you're not, if you know in yourself, just it's be accepting of who's in front of you. Yeah. And that's a respect thing. Yeah. They're there for a reason. The coaches, they're proven. See, I wasn't proven. I was, I had to work hard or wait my turn. It's almost like doing an apprenticeship. Yeah. Like we get chucked here like 10 minutes, 15 minutes and fuck man, you take that bone, you run with it, you know? Yeah. And I, if, if yeah, if I could, Tell a kid, oh, it should just be. It's like doing an apprenticeship. Just sit, learn. Unless you're worthy and you're proving yourself against the veteran that you you deserve to be there more than him, then yep. that's fine. Then you've earned it. But don't moan about it too many kids these days. It's like it's like playing junior boys rugby, bro. Like it's like everyone gets a participation award. Yeah. And to be honest, it fucks me off. Yeah. Because competition breeds success. If you think it's going to be handed to you. Life's gonna get tough real quick, you know. No one's gonna hand you money to pay your rent, or you know, you gotta go to work. Same yeah. with rugby man. You wanna pay the rent? Go to work, train hard, do extras, blah blah blah, and then try and prove yourself against the vet. Yeah. Eventually, we we just the game got quicker, and as the boys got a little bit older and family started, we just started getting more and more game time, and then I pushed my way into the starting, and then we were away. Yeah, nice. Nice. I, I I like that because I mean even from my person my own sort of personal story and and rugby I I, I was that that's why I'm asking that question because I was that 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 kid that got got out of high school um, had aspirations for playing top side um, at Pukki Rugby Club and yep. um, that was my home club and I guess yeah I played played a season but was sitting on the bench for for ages and 
at at the same time I was at I was training for County's Academy as well. So I was training four mornings a week and yeah. doing all this training. I remember there's quite a big hype there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um and then um yeah, I wasn't getting any game time for the top side, so I I just told the, the top side coaches that I was going to play 21s because I just wanted to play. Yeah. But one thing that I um I sort of I really should have had had was I didn't have that what they call these days courageous conversation with the coaches. Yeah. I mean, I went to the coaches and said, "Oh, you know, look, if I'm not going to get any game time, I'll go play 21s." I said that, but what I really you know, if I if I could give advice to the young Sean, is go straight to the coaches, ask what what you need to do. Yeah, what you need to do. What you get need specific. To do. Yeah, what specifics you need to work on, and then go and work on it. But I I didn't I didn't I I packed the sad, and I and I, and I said oh well, I'm I'm gonna go play with my friends, with my mates. Uh, I, but you as a young fella like the young dinner, is that our job to should it be their job to ask or should a good coach if they see potential and they know they know they're sitting on the bench and they know they're probably not going to get on shit on the coach but hey we've got potential work on us da 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 like instead of just saying nothing and then you I, I, absolutely I, I agree you know one one thing that the, the coaches didn't do was was talk to me about why you know because like, I've, I've had like you know I've had the luxury of actually my coaches speaking to me yeah. and oh, I've been you know I've hardly had to sit on the bench you know through my career I've always been a starter but I've played in the backs you know but I've been lucky but you know I think with like with Colsey in the, in the new generation it's, it's hard you know everybody expects like fuck they expect to be in the premiums and uh, they get oh, yeah, you know yeah well I think I think the courageous conversation that I didn't have I needed to have, but I also needed to be courageous enough to take the feedback, like, because, yeah, 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 because that courageous conversation doesn't automatically make you, oh, this guy's having that conversation, what, you know, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give him what he, you know, what he's asking for, no, 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 but you've also got to be courageous for the feedback and go, you yeah. can either say, well, fuck it, you know, take it on the you guys are wankers, or... Or actually do something about it, and that's what I sh- that's what I would give advice to as well. You know, um, sounds like JB and and, and um, yeah, and Peter some of they were good at that, like giving feedback. And the other way they ran it was like if you weren't getting game like as much game time as you thought you should, like like in a, in the premiers game, if you knew you're earning, if they were going, they knew if they were going to use us for so much time, blah blah blah. Yeah, they'd just put us down reserves and give us that time to sort of like quench the rugby thirst. Yeah. It's like go out there and run around like, like you know, go out and fucking exert some energy in the reserves game, then come off early and then bench for the prims. Yeah. And that was good because, you know, you're still getting your legs, you're turning over, but then you'd also get to go and sit up on the bench with the prims. Yeah, yeah. We wanted to be one day, so And I think that that that's what you're describing. I mean, in this um platform it's it's talking about sports but you know that, that happens in life anyway, business and in personal lives. It's it's you know people aren't the people you love just they just want to be want you to be honest. And if, I guess if you were a young fella, if you wanted to speak to someone about spending time in the seat, you know, one of the bros, one of you know, Kato, you know, he was probably the most unluckiest. You know, he was the Marty Holler of um of Waikato. But look, he was sitting, but very blood bridesmaid for like. 
But so he, many he years, didn't bro. he didn't care. He's like I'm sitting behind Wolf and like he got told. I spoke to him. He's saying he he could go play with him. He didn't want to because he wanted to save himself just in case of Wolf, you know. And that takes <clears> you know, and that just shows respect. He special has. person, yeah, exactly. And hey, he managed to get a hundred games, cause yeah, right. And and his knees, and then pretty much when his time was to hit, I think just. Injuries, if, he, if he didn't get an knee injury, he'd probably be double centurion easy, bro, yeah. too. Because, like, bro, just a different player to buff, too. Mobile, just tough, man. Yeah. Like, would tackle any fucking thing, eh? Not block-busting, smashing tackles, just one of those annoying shoulder-to-quad just chop <laughs> tackles, bro, and you're just like... Oh, he's annoying, all right? <laughs> like, uncompromising, just... And he got that off Buff, bro, just scrummaging. Because they used to go head-to-head, bro, scrummaging. Yeah. Like, just, you know, live scrums. Like, this day, we'd hit the scrum machine, but, like, we'd hit live scrums, bro, and we'd hit it, like, game time, bro. We'd have, like, the dirties, they used to call us, the reserves. We'd get smack up against the, the, the starting pack. It was just... And it was good, bro. Like like I said, competition just breeds success. But, like I say, yeah. he's one one man to talk to, you know, when uh, me and Colsey sit in the shares, we're like, oh... Emma Cozy, you know, hey, you want to talk about sitting on the bench? Go talk to the bro. And he would, not a moan, walk off that field, playing no minutes, but still felt like he played 80 minutes. Yeah. He just, you know, and that's such a, you know, that's, you can't train that. Because yeah. we believed in the bigger picture, bro. Everyone, yeah. everyone played, played a part, you know. Bought into it. Yeah, and it's like, it was, if Buff was to go down, yeah. Katul knew he was it. Yeah. So. Yeah, like you see, he's bridesmaid for a bit. Sorry, I'm a very cat's but you know. Everybody loves the bridesmaid, bro. <laughs> bridesmaid. <laughs> hey. Leave it alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we've talked a lot about sort of... Um, I uh, have a question, though, cuz. Oh, yeah, Sorry, bro. No, no, far away, bro. Um, no, 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 this sweet is probably out of the... Come on, you two. I thought you kissed and made up, bro. Obviously, out of the 15 years, bro, this is just well, on a random, yeah, or whatever, out of the 15 years, you know, living in a dog box and all that sort of shit, bro, who had the most comfortablest couch? <laughs> Jesus. You know, all these 200 games of rugby, bro, you know, like the couch. Oh, I'm not talking like, you know, bros, brodettes, just something, you know, out of all those many years. Probably um What about Ra? You would have you would have spent a time a bit of time with Ra, would you? Nah, no, no, not on his couch, bro. I don't think I was really. Shut up, bro. Nah, probably um Eli's um Eli Peters is oh, Nan's yeah. place, bro. She yeah, she she used to she used to roll out the red cup before the brothers get over early hours of the morning Hello, she got Nan. But he yeah, that was one and um Is that Auntie Diane, was it? Is this his old lady, don't you know? Fine, mate. It's Nan. Yeah. Oh, it's Nan. It's oh, Nan. No. Are you talking about Michelle? Michelle's his mum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, Eli's Nan's place, man. It's good. But like, you know when you get real homely, like a Nana's house? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like that. But yeah. Nah, bro. Oh, there's been a few dog walk couches, bro. Sort of when you uh, come back after a night with the boys, it's sort of just... Or anything goes, bro, for sleep-wise, you know. 
I suppose it's one of those conversations off the air. <laughs> nah, it's all good, bro. Just I'll chuck it yeah. out. Oh, well, like you see, bro, it's mix been, it up. It's been 15 years, so you know there's been a few um, doll box moments. <laughs> been a few couches, <laughs> couches, a few floor, a few hey. floor sleeps waking up. Hey, nah, solid, bro. Solid. Um, we'll, we'll finish off with the last like, like one, one more one more serious question. I guess is we've talked a lot about the success success that you've had. And Waikiki Rugby Club has had, and why it was so successful. But tell us about um, if there were tough years and um, how you sort of come, you know, come through that as a club and as a person and as a player. You know, like you probably have a couple of years. Did you ever have a couple of sort of average or bad years in a row and thought, "Fuck, I'm over this." Oh, you you always think that, but oh, I did. I did think that a couple of times, and I think, "Fuck." When's the fucking uh, when's the light at the end of the tunnel? You know. Yeah. But um, I guess you don't get anything out of it if you don't work for it. Twelfth um, of June, bro, is a lot. Twelfth <laughs> of June. So, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, probably not these last couple of years. Probably was it two thousand, uh, maybe sixteen, eighteen around there. Yeah. Just sort of like a, so they circle rebuilding. But man, I just because it's such a small town, and I think um, rugby's not as popular today as with the younger generation. Yeah, and um, we the club's been having to try and get players from out of um, out of the district. Yeah, we've always had players come in from, but they wanted to be there. They wanted to come to Waikiki because obviously they people knew golf or people knew certain players of players and it was quite a big network. Yeah. But now um you're having to fish for quite quite a few players outside of the district which is um tough on the club. But if you can get the right sort of players in, they can sort of bring more and people get word oh yeah it's a good club. Yeah. You know? And they'll start to um bring more more bodies and then that will help bolster the numbers and hopefully the teams. Like, we haven't struggled with no reserves the last couple of years, so um, it's been tough uh, player numbers-wise. So, What do you I, think the club needs to do to, to bring people back into the sport or back into the club? Are they doing, you know... I think at the moment they job? need to bridge, bridge a gap between the club and the high school. Oh, yeah. At the moment there's... I, I personally, I reckon they need, like, a rugby development officer or recruitment agent. Yeah just to take care of that because they have got some good young boys at the club they just need to be nurtured and and but not nurtured like looked after but also kept honest yeah because you know young fuzzies they say oh yeah my train today but if you're if you're a talented rugby player you can't really rest on your laurels especially if you want to make it big yeah so you, they they're going to need that person to say right bro here's your homework go to the gym right go to training Especially if you're going to get, like, cars, jobs out of it, you know. Yeah. Sort of a to and fro, like, I'm going to give you this, but you need to do this. Yeah. And end of the day, it's just real, like, everyone takes a piss a bit when they think, oh, yeah, I'll get this, this, and this. But you need to be repaying the favour by what the club's going out there on a limb and doing for you. Yeah. So I reckon a rugby development officer or um, strength and conditioning trainer, like that sort of, like, extra training sort of, coaching staff yeah so before you get to the season everybody's already in tune everyone's fit strong and then you 
the RDO can and recruitment can be talking to the high school and stuff and bringing the kids through. Yeah. And an academy would be good. They used to have one, and then I think they need to start that back up. Yeah. And it's not about having the best players that are coming like the top top tier kids that are playing in all the schools. It's just happy to have local boys from the school coming through playing for our local club. Fuck, I don't know why. Um, I, I, you know, like like Puki is a club that should really be in the top four every year, hands down, because they're just who we have. But like, I don't. I've always never understood that, and I've never understood it at a club level, and I've never understood it at a um, like a representative level, like. Why they think the answer is going out and outsourcing the talent, you know? Like, yeah. I, I've just, you look at when counties were good, when they won the Ranfrey Shield. I mean, yeah, they had a few ringings, but they had like the likes of. Um, Timmy and the Me. Yeah, yeah. Timmy. But even like Sean Reedy, you know? Ronald. Ronald. Ronald was in there. And um, just, a, I mean, no disrespect to them, they've done a great job. I mean, Sean's gone on to play for Ireland. Mm. Um, but you know they probably weren't the best players, but you knew that they they would buy in, and that that's what you're saying about some yeah, of the successful teams, the buy in and, and and grafters. Whereas I I don't understand why you've got to go and get the most skilled. They, they understand that they're there for the team. They're not there just to collect and then. You think that's that's missing? Oh, it's because you can't definitely bro. You can't put a um like you can test someone's. 40 meter sprint someone's bench press someone's squat but how do you test someone's character like what what value can Eddie, you Eddie just took a yeah we wanted to play mind blowing bro you know that's the whole point you wanted to oh yeah, I love rugby man I want to play prems like I want to you know that's what you want to do I want to play prems because I want to see how good I am I want to and then you look forward to staying up there now I think in today's generation, oh, Sean, I see potential in you. Um, I want you to, you know, work on it. Oh, can you give me a job in the car and I'll, I'll think about it? That's the mentality. You know, I'll say counties have a lot to answer for too. Yeah. You know, that's our young players, you know, they're getting offered so young and yet it's just, it's wrecking the game, bro. Well, when we, I guess when we live next to Auckland, who you know their, their union and we're sort of like the little brother it's that that's just become a common thing you know like it's just become the norm to be given something in return for your service of playing footy whereas <laughs> i mean i've my mind was blown when i realized that there were people out there getting paid to play club footy because i was like man i'm out here I, I i don't even want to get paid but i just want to i just want to play good footy you know yeah but but i mean you're you're going back to your point i like local talent, and um, I know I've spoken to many many coaches and people in clubs at the moment, and they just say there's no talent there. I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you're taking the easy route by trying to outsource things. Oh well, they're just not coming in, and and I understand the challenges, um, but that is like what I've always seen Waiku. You've always had good people around to to be able to you know volunteer. Yeah. We're all volu- you know they're all volunteers, so. Well, we talk about, you know, Cozy Riggins, oh, I want, you know. But he, he was good enough to make Steelers, mm. you know. Why not give the small guy a chance, yeah. you know, to, you know. He was up there, he was, he was 
one of the best line-out jumpers locks around, but because he didn't have a name. Yeah, well, and then, like I said, how do you measure ticker, bro? Exactly, bro. Ticker has got, they, they could go on about it, eh? You know, about, you know, you got to have ticker, you got to have heart, but then you still select on how um, how much you can throw weight. <laughs> I just, anyway, anyway that's, uh, that's my little rant. But um, let's lighten it up a little bit, bro. Who was the grubbiest player you, you played against in your last 200 games, bro? Who sticks in your mind? I, I, I've got a few of my own ones, but... I'm thinking they'll align with you, but who was the grub? Who was the grub? Ah, Tommy from. Nah, you good one, bro. You good one. Oh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. I'll he's a late to the ruck guy, and then I'll tell you one fella, right? He's one of the bros. I think you know what I'm thinking of. I'll start with the R. It's that's all that, bro. And uh, like we are bros, we we are tight, bro. But he is, he has to be. He's trying. He's coat hanging me so many times. <laughs> oh no, I know. He's, you say coat hanger, bro. He, I know exactly. He's coat hanging me a few times, bro. And um, yeah, I wouldn't say he's a grub, bro. He's just, he just, he just, he loves playing hard. But um, oh, he's a grub, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Which, and if you're listening, you know who you are. Yeah, right. And uh, hopefully, I'll see you tomorrow. You can get coat hanging me for one last time. Shout out to my bro Rob Cutty, bro. <laughs> yeah. oh. Rest in peace, bro. Yeah, yeah. He, he's one of the bros, but he's also one of the fellas that's tried to take my head off more than anyone else in rugby, bro. I could probably say, having played with Cuts for quite a few, or you know, a few years up at Bombay, there will be many a players like that that oh, tell you, exactly. man, there's just one annoying grub that you don't want to play. <laughs> yeah. He's like the um the bird. What's what's his name? Greg Bird. He's like the Greg Bird of uh, County's Monaco Club Rugby, bro. He's funny, bro. Like, and then he'll like he's missed. Like, luckily, luckily, I've like thrown a bit of footwork, bro. And he's just missed because I reckon if he's collected wrong, it's lights out, G. And then he, I'm like. Like, he'll clip me over chin and I'll be like, yeah, what the fuck you up to? I'll cut and he'll be like, what boy, what boy, what boy, animon, 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 and he'll run away with a smirk on his face. <sighs> and yeah, um, I wouldn't, yeah. He hasn't done any grub, but that, that's, <laughs> it comes to mind when I think about swinging arms and stuff with my bird cuts. You, you know, a grub that I, that I was thinking of that I loved, I actually loved playing, was um, Brittany Farrell. He was, him and I, every time I played Pookie, bro, we would get into like a fight. He'd all be always be niggas with Yeah, yeah. He, he was. I reckon he was a tough cunt. Though. Yeah, he would. He would throw an elbow if I'm on the ground, and then the next ruck, bro, I would go and headbutt him and like just, just shit. Like he that. was such an underrated player, bro. He was good. But but afterwards, shake your hands, yeah. go and have beer in the club room. You and then just Dude. leave it on the field, and we'd just laugh. Like yeah. we'd be laughing on the field, bro. And that's the thing, bro. Like, and that's that's a lot of things today, bro. Is like. Everyone talks about, oh, yeah, fucking scrap this fucking dirty cunt. Bro, it happens, bro. Yeah. As long as it's not to the point where it's, like, so backhanded, like, eye gouging. Yeah. Like, if you get punched in the face, everyone's been punched in the face. Yeah. Or you've been rucked. So what? That was part of it. That was the worst thing that rugby could have done, bro, was taking rucking out. Oh, 100%. That, that, you had a good team that didn't mind rucking, your ruck ball would be clean. Yeah. You know, and, no, you're right, bro, Benny Farrell was, yeah, I was ahead a few niggas with him, bro, but he was... I, I rated him he was a fucking tough cut to play yeah, against yeah he's I, up there he was he was like uh, he wasn't the biggest guy in, in Pookie Rugby nah but, but he was he was like the enforcer like if if um, I remember talking to a um, uh, a mate of mine 
uh, Dan Paul, and, and he was saying, you know, that yeah. as a little halfback, you know, he 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 would get away with He's all the, the big little, brother. He would like poke the bear, bro, and then Brenny would come around and you know sort him out, sort him out, bro. Um, but I, I used to love playing with Brenny, bro. It was it was great stuff. Um, I remember you and Eli used to come out, go out it quite a bit too. <laughs> I remember you like trying to call a line and just listening to you two just going on and on at the back of the line out. Yeah. It's gonna be a long day today, brother. <sighs> yeah, and then he wasn't wrong either. <laughs> it was a long day, bro, with the wave of <laughs> red and green coming around the corner, bro. And that's and that's again, bro, you come back to respect, bro. You leave it on the field, bro, and that's where it stays, you know? Yeah. Not just take it off the field and try have a scrap with someone in the shower. Yeah. You know? Yeah, hundred um, percent. Love you, cuts. <laughs> See you tomorrow, bro. Uh, wow. You're lucky this is being played um, posted <laughs> after the <laughs> after <laughs> the <laughs> game. <laughs> snippet, um, snippet. Well, actually, back to, uh, we'll finish off with this one, bro. Well, my last serious one, and the old um, Master Shifu over there might have some um, some giggles. But um, what what did you offer the club, bro, over the last two hundred? 200 games 15 16 seasons what have you what what have you brought to the club that's enhanced it it's a tough one what have i brought sorry if i know but i'm thinking about this one what have i brought or what have i given yeah yeah what have you given what have you bought um i mean for example like one of the things i know you, you definitely have been a part of because it's not just Waikiki rugby that you've been at County's Monaco rugby, um, you know, at work and that is is I've certainly seen and felt that leadership from you, um, and then you, you sort of command it without actually expecting it. You know what I mean? So, and that's just through your actions, but also when you speak, you know, people actually listen, and I think that's. Um, yeah, it's um, like I said. Like I, if I had known that's what I, if I had a given, I would have said it. Yeah. But for me, I can't. Personally, I can't say that because, like you said, it, it's it just happens. Yeah. Like I don't. Yeah, I can be given a leadership role, like captaincy and stuff like that. But, <clears throat> um, like some men have always said, a team can be player driven too. Yeah. So to be able to work with different people when, um able to work with them to get the best result or try and get the best result has been and, and that's why my leadership comes in because I like working with people yeah but also my mentality tells me that when it's time to stand up personally then I will try my best to and put my best foot forward and I always wanted to be a good club man I wanted people to if anything is just take out of it like I, I know I wasn't a rep player and blah 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 but I just wanted to be able to say I was a good club man yeah and it's not because of the games like yep games is good and game t game tallies but end of the day if I walk out of that club and I finish this year I just want to be remembered as a good camp mm. like put as <clears throat> put my heart and soul into footy regardless of what condition my body was in or what it was mentally because to be honest it was a couple of years that were touch and go with the my mental side even a couple of years ago I think I just yeah I'd almost called it quits just for the fact I wasn't in the right headspace. Yeah. And I thought, nah, I'm better than this. Just plug away, plug away. And I chipped, chipped away and chipped away and I got got help and got out of the rut I was in and then 
look at me now, I'm still here, still plugging around the club, annoying people, and just, yeah, still dog boxing it. Someone misses <laughs> the last year of it, so. She's done well for for not wanting to date someone who was a rugby player. Yeah, and that's I always take my head. I've always given, she always gives me grief about it, but I think she knows deep down she's proud of me. She's the one that said I got too far to give up. Yeah. When I thought I was going to give up, and I was sitting in the and it again, it's yeah, it's good to have a milestone, but it's always also, also good to have something to strive for. Yeah. And I I got to the point where I was like. Almost like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll give up. But she's like, oh, you might as well carry on. I was, I was like, this is coming from a wife who doesn't like rugby boys. Yeah. And then she she said, oh, you might as well carry on, get 200 and then finish like that. And so, yeah. So if I can, if I've given anything, I've given my time. And I could be away from my family, my wife. And it's not, a, I don't regret it, but it was part of, it was all part of it. But I've given, given my time, my body, and, um, I wouldn't say knowledge, but just what I've learned throughout my years to the next generation. Yep. So what I've learned of Buff and all the older boys, which I am truly grateful for. But I've been trying to pass it on to the next generation so they can be like me one day and go, oh, Colsey passed that on to me. Yep. And then he passed it on to the steam <laughs> the snowballs like that. So, yeah, no big accolades for me. Just, um, yeah, that's like you said, leadership's a big thing. If it's if that's what you want, but if it's if it comes naturally, then that's even better. So, yeah. I yeah. think you've undersold undersold yourself a little bit there. Oh, quite, a, quite a quite a bit. Quite I mean, a quite <laughs> a humble humble. Yeah, but I want. Mate, if I was to say, mate, you've given fucking more than anything but your time, mate. You've given your heart, <clears> your soul. You know, oh fuck, I'll say it, mate. You know. A team they were struggling two years ago. The very oh, I'd finished playing rugby. Oh, cousin, what you up to? Oh, nah, I, I wasn't really gonna, gonna play anymore. I just had enough of this. Oh, but the prems can't get a team, or they can't may not play prems without a reserve. So oh, yeah, oh, oh fuck, I'll come out, bro. You know, I'll come out just for you, cuz. Well, the very cozy, humble man, under under selling himself. You know, he's given that so much time, bought out all these players, you know. We formed a reserve team and that year, hey, cause we ended up playing half the time yeah, in the Prems. <laughs> oh, I'm like, hell. But Six beers deep in the reserve change, you get the tap on the shoulder. <laughs> but I think the time and effort you, you've made that club, in the, or I'm going to say in the last three years, I've been a part of it because of yourself, is that the money you're putting with the painting and the hard work you do on a Sunday morning. And I you and the effort you're going up to make Waikiki feel like a team with all the merchandise, um, the gears, you know, and it shows. You're yeah. such a a leader, you know. You don't even ask for it; it's given to you. Yeah. You know, look at all the boys calling you uncle. You know. That's because I'm old, bro. Nah, that's the, that's the <laughs> respect, and I see that. So yeah, that's yeah. what Cozy's given to Waikiki. You know. Yeah. Some people like the. You know, they have their own thoughts, you know, fuck them. Yeah. But at the end of the day, this man to my left, sitting in bro, you know, he's put so much time and effort and you deserve to be where you are at the moment, my cousin. Yeah. So, Thank you, know, you my bro. 
Hundred percent, and I think um, like like listening to you talk, AJ, and, and what we're, the discussion that we have, and I'm still trying to put into words 200 games and what that, how much time and effort and energy and everything sacrifices that you've got to make to, to do that, um, is um, and tell me if I'm wrong, but find something that you love. You you, you found something, or you didn't even find it. You, you knew, you know, you're doing something that you love. And a lot of that time and effort, it doesn't actually feel like a drag. It doesn't feel. Would I? Would I be right? Maybe sometimes, but oh, you're always going to have your ups and downs, and that's part of life. And but realistically, yeah, I love what I do. Like I complain about injuries and I'm broken, but yet I still go out every Saturday and try whack out a game of rugby. You know, whether it's ten minutes, eighty minutes. End of the day, if I'm told to do something, and it's like from when I first started. Coach tells you do something, you just fucking get on with it. You don't moan. Yeah. And I've tried to take that. Maybe sometimes where I've sort of kicked the grass a bit or kicked the can a bit, you know, and I was like, fuck. And you start questioning yourself. Comes with the territory when you're you get into the end of your career and you like you start thinking, fuck, am I good enough to be playing prem rugby still? And that was part of that was a big driver, bro, was to prove to myself, if not anyone else that personally I could still fit it in yeah. Prem Rugby. Yeah, 100%. Like I was honest with everyone before, like admittedly my my, my footy now has sort of, is not as good as it used to be, but I guess now if I'm honest, it comes with age. Yeah. Just <clears throat> being a little bit more broken than I was the previous year. And every, more year, every year you get on, of course you're going to get more broken. It's just, it's just life. If you get thrashed that much, then. But yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't change it for the world. Like, I can see it, my mind tells me to go. My body just goes, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, the beautiful thing about this conversation in this particular episode is two hundred games just shows a lot of, um, a lot of characteristics and and puts it into uh, something that people can visualize and see. And uh, I know AJ and I definitely can uh, appreciate as, you know, other things like resilience. You've got to be resilient. You know, like resilience is getting back up when you get knocked down. You know. Um, the old saying is get knocked down nine times get up ten you know um, and you know um, commitment determination um, stubbornness sometimes stubbornness can be a, a negative connotation but being you know like it's, just staying the course but stubbornness comes with because in everything you have you're going to have people that are against you there's always negatives narratives going on around and I guess that was stubborn for me was to prove people wrong yeah like, yeah. regardless if I was comfortable with myself, then I was sweet, I belonged there. If my peers, like my team, wanted me to play or wanted me there or wanted me to lead them, then I'd be happy. Yeah. Everybody else was just outside noise. And that's, I guess, stubbornness or um, just mental toughness just to block stuff out. And I have got a little bit weak of late, but I just, I guess it's just, it's just, just coming to terms with it coming all to an end. Especially yeah. for my, I, I'm gonna finish up this year playing prem footy because yeah. I need to give time back to my wife, you know, and my family. So yeah, nice. I think it's time. I've given. I personally, I think, and I'll probably still have a club, club in some sort of capacity, but I think it's my time for giving my body in that way has sort of come to an end. Yeah. So while it's still able, bro, while I'm still able to do <coughs> things, you know. So yeah. well, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, and there's, I mean. We've been going a while now, but um, I mean, this could go on for another hour and a half, mm. and that sort of thing. Yeah. Just just talking about and pulling out all those things, but 
Um, again, bro, congratulations on um, on your celebration this weekend. And um, like I said, this, you definitely undersold yourself a bit there. And I know that you're you're a big um, well with whether you do it on purpose or not. Um, culture and and providing a space and an environment that people feel welcome, um, feel challenged as well. I think is an important one. Um, feel accepted. Uh, and included and you're certainly always at the forefront of those particular things you know um, whether it's being you know we we haven't even had the chance to go into the social side of the club so <laughs> that could be part two snippets <laughs> it could be <laughs> there might be some video recording tomorrow night on our phones I might, I might have to get some um Signatures from some of the boys to release that info. <laughs> hey, what goes on tour stays on tour, eh? <laughs> nah, but um, congratulations again, bro. Uh, I'm proud of you. Thank you, my bros. It means a lot coming from you two too, because I know in any rugby fa- um, facet that we've played in, whether it be Maldives, you know, just anything together, it could be just us hanging out. The old no use always have my back 100. Yeah. And old Matt Omarati has even pulled himself out of retirement a couple of times to come and um, sort of back me up a bit, you know, and it's good to have that um, support network from you two. Especially my family, I just want to thank my family and my wife. So, yeah, here's to a, a good celebration and um, I'm catching up with a lot of old friends and cousins that I haven't seen and some of the old boys. So you guys might hear some stories about these uh, past year trips. So here's to a good one on uh, Saturday. Nice, bro. Master Shifu over there, bro. You got a parting shot? No parting shots, bro. Just, um, nah, it's all right, bro. Um, nah, it's just been a privilege and everything, bro. And um, no doubt the keyboard warrior, Sean, will fucking find something. <laughs> find something later on to nail me down with. That's all right. We'll just roll with the punches, bro. Uh, he's still salty. The wound is still fresh for, for AJ, but um, I know he loves me. And he knows I love him, bro. So Fano, um, <laughs> oh yep. Actually, if I'm gonna, if you're gonna take anything away from this Fano, um, you might have heard it earlier. Here's one for you. If your mind is tough and your mind wants to go somewhere, your body will follow always. So sort that mental game out, and um, everything will go good. Peace out. Peace out. Peace out, Terry.